19th of January 2022 and I apologize for my um, no show yesterday. I had to collect myself for what I was um, going to be doing today. I'm actually <laughs> it wasn't until I sat down with my doctor that I realized just how many clones of myself I need. Um, I am feeling better um, but I will have to be off another day next week to continue. Um, um, so thank you for your prayers. Cause I'm, I'm sure, um, this is the reason that I am better today. Uh, so I thank you. Um, says, so you know, you know, a lot of people are, are questioning, uh, what it is that we can do. It feels as if, you know, we're being suffocated silenced. People we thought are on our side were on our side, but they were playing that they were on our side, which means that they were being handled on how to be on our side and what to say and when to say it. Uh, we realize enemies were those that pretended to be friends and, and foes were really friends. And it seems that um, this confusion was why I kept playing the song. It's the land of confusion. Uh, the whole purpose is to keep people distracted. You know, I've, I, I was posting yesterday and today some screenshots of all these channels all posting the same thing. And then people were looking at the channels that didn't post the same. Oh, are you saying that they're mocking where it's like, can you not read? This is the problem. People don't read anymore. They don't. They absolutely do not read anymore at all. See, the Mockingbird media isn't just about the left. The sooner you realize that the right commands the left, right, to do the right's bidding, the left now kind of has a mind of its own saying, well, you know, he gave us all this power and people are that stupid and they're following us. So there, the right is getting even angrier. Okay. It's, it's like ISIS. You can't create it and think you can control it. How the fuck do you control mercenaries? You can't. So, Everyone's kind of figuring out, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? We're those, there's tons of people right now across our nation running for office. Run for office. That's all. 
Run for office. That's all you have to do is run for office. And no one's going to stop you from running for office. This is how you take it back. You know, they have this big article. Oh my gosh, like four out of the five seats of student council in some place in Ohio are being taken by parents that have no political affiliation. Like, why do they need politics? They're parents. They have kids in school. They are more than capable of running. You only have to be 18 to run for governor. I mean, come on. Why do they make it seem like you have to be someone? You know, I was looking at the profiles of the people that I'm running up against. And it's like, okay, one loser, done. Handled, done. They've got something. And then this other guy is like, cookie cutter. Look at me with like a hundred kids. I'm such a good guy. And no, we don't want that. We don't want good guys. We don't want kids. We, we don't want a guy with a lot of kids that says, look, I'm a family man, you know, and I have, you know, I don't know, whatever shop or business that I, nobody cares. That's not who we want in office. We want people in office that duke it out, that will sit there and they will throw up punches in the air for their constituents. We want people that are more than happy to say what they want to say, right? A period. And they will listen to their people. And if they come, well, you know, we're going to compromise. Fuck your compromise. There is no compromise. My constituents want this. Why are we compromising? Because I know every single one of you out there wants once in their lifetime has heard their politician or their elected member, either that be governor, AG, secretary of state, whatever you want to call it, right? Say, you know, it's not that simple. How many of you have heard that? Tons, right? And they do not back down. They do not back down. Why? Because they give zero Fs for anything. They don't care. They really don't care. They're just like, I'm sorry. This is what's happening. So done. Now, there's been a lot going on about the January 6th committee and uh, so much more coming out uh, just every single day. And so many pictures and people are diving in and, 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 and uh, you know, all of these suit lawsuits. Like, did you know that yesterday they struck down to, uh, what was it, Smartmatic, the most corrupt, <laughs> corrupt company on the planet, still, still election across the globe, <laughs> provably, okay, provably, filed a lawsuit against Mike Lindell, like, stop. And then, and then, um, Lynn Wood, you know, they announced today that um, the court reasoned, the court said that in its decision wasn't influenced by its conjecture that Wood's conduct had uh, precipitated the traumatic events of January 6th or its willingness to pin Wood without any evidence or giving Wood an opportunity to respond indicative of an unfair process. Basically, lawyer Lynn Wood was wrongly faulted by the Delaware trial court. What? Wait a minute. Did you guys hear about that? No, it's all freaking quiet. It's all freaking quiet. In July of 2020, Carter Page filed a defamation action in a superior court against Oath Inc., alleging that certain of Oath's subsidiaries had published articles falsely accusing of him of colluding with Russian agents to interfere with the 2016 presidential election. Shortly after that, uh, Carter Page's Delaware counsel moved for the admission pro hoc vice of Lynn Wood, a lawyer that's licensed to practice in Georgia. So, you know, they kind of piggyback him in so he could appear as, as Carter Page's attorney and in Page's defamation actions. The court granted the motion. On December 18, 2020, the Superior Court, sua sponte, which means they did it all on their own, 
all on their own. They weren't prompted by opposing counsel. They weren't prompted by Carter Page. They issued a real a rule to show cause directing Wood to show why his admission pro hack vitae should not be revoked. Like, wait a minute, what? So according to the rule, it appeared to the court that since the granting of Mr. Wood's pro hoc vitae motion, he had engaged in conduct in other jurisdictions, which had occurred in Delaware, that would violate Delaware lawyers' rules of professional conduct. The rule identified specific concerns regarding Wood's conduct in litigation in Georgia and Wisconsin related to the recent 2020 presidential election on November 3rd, 2020. Specifically, the court pointed out to several pleading irregularities in an action filed with the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Wisconsin. As far as those pleadings were, that case was not signed by Wood, but named him as an attorney to be noticed. So the court referred to a complete questionable merit filed in the United States District Court of the Northern District of Georgia, in which the court suspected Wood file or cause to be filed, which contained materially false information. Wait a minute. How do they know, first of all, what's materially false? Like, that's a really strong statement. But anyway. Um, the court directed uh, Lynn Wood and his Delaware lawyers to respond to the rule to show cause by January 6th and stated it would hear them on January 13th. Well, in his response, Wood denied generally that he had violated any Delaware professional conduct. First of all, why the fuck is Delaware talking about professional conduct rules? You have a clown like Joe Biden where they're raping kids, his own kids, touching and feeling. Can't tie his shoe, right? Steals the whole doesn't steal. Somebody else stole it for him, but they placed him there, right? Lied. He's committed treason. He's colluded. He's got memorandums of understandings, bilateral immunity agreements with other nations, yet there's some standards there. Come on, man. Delaware lawyers, bottom of the shoe. Let's be straight. So anyway, bottom line is that they found that they were too strict, too, too, um, um, to whatever. So they granted uh, Linwood's application for admission to practice in this case. So, um, wait, the Superior Court in, uh, oh, on its January 11th memo, um, an order that revoked the order granting application for admission um, was vacated. So they had applied. Um, the Superior Court said, oh, here's our memorandum of opinion. We should boot Linwood, who's the best damn defamation lawyer. America has, right? We should boot him off of Carter Page's lawsuit. And then the judge that reviewed it said, well, no, um, Lynn Wood is an honorable attorney. Therefore, he will move forward. So that was actually dismissed, but not a lot of people are talking about it. So weird. He won that and nobody wants to talk about it, right? That was a win on him. So nobody wants to talk about it. Right. Because uh, I can tell you that as a defamation attorney, I actually reached out to him, but not for for myself, for someone else that I know. And, um, you know, he was so professional, so incredible. You know, that's the only interaction I've had with him in regards to um, representation. None other. Well, I guess, you know, uh, prayers and stuff. But I can tell you he's uh, a straight shooter. And, you know, people should remember that. um you know, a lot of good things aren't being talked about. So that's that. Um, uh, on another note, we have, you know, obviously, um, Smartmatic, who now uh, filed a lawsuit against Mike Lindell, which is so insane, so insane. But um, I want you guys 
to listen to this statement from Dominion from a year ago, please. This is quite important and great to archive as well. I think it'll be quite fascinating and very illuminating. Let's go. Yeah, Sarah, thanks so much. We're joined by John Polis uh, of, uh, Dominion of Dominion Voting, Voting Systems, Systems right now. And John, thank, thank you very much uh, for joining us here on CNBC. This, this is a massive lawsuit. lawsuit. The massive, massive document that you filed in court the other day, I was just reading through the entire complaint. Uh, and the question here is, what are you trying to achieve with this? Is this about just getting these comments and conspiracy theories to go away? Or are you trying to make some kind of larger point with this lawsuit, John? Uh, thanks, Eamon. Uh, the larger point really is to get the facts on the table in front of a court of law where evidence is properly judged. Uh, in this particular case, we have Mr. Lindell, who advertised absolute truth, and all he produced was absolute nonsense. And like others, uh, he touted so-called evidence, uh, yet he produces fake documents. And just like others, uh, they refuse to take these claims to court where evidence is properly weighed by a judge. So $1.3 billion is a whole lot of money. How did you come up with that figure? It's a preliminary estimate, and it's difficult to put the uh, hard number to it. The reputational damage alone has been devastating to us. Uh, we, uh, we are seeing untold uh, damage unfolding every day uh, with our customers and the effects that they are having uh, with a lot of constituents who unfortunately watch these videos and watch the repeated attacks and disinformation. And you can they can be forgiven for believing them. They are presented uh, as fact. Uh, they tout evidence, although they don't actually produce any evidence. And they're unwilling to bring it into court. And that is a serious problem, not just for Dominion, but for the entire electoral system. So do you want to put my pillow out of business here? Is that the end game? No, that's not the end game. And, and certainly th there's no secret end game to limit anyone's First, First Amendment right to free speech. We strongly believe in that. And frankly, uh, we intend to rely on free speech to get the truth out. Our intention here is to get the facts on the table uh, so the people in the American, uh, the American voters can understand exactly what happened during their election. Uh, and how false these allegations were and how absolute you say is using some of these QAnon terms uh, as sales codes for customers to, to dial in and buy their MyPillows using terms like QAnon. Are you alleging here that QAnon is sort of at the core of the MyPillow business strategy overall, or was this just kind of a fringe thing that they were doing on the side of the, of the overall business? The codes in particular are a great example of just how reckless uh, Mr. Lindell was uh, in his peddling of disinformation and, and, the, and the falsities. Um, depending on the program he was on, uh, he would offer different promo codes um, to uh, lure voters uh, to his website uh, for the ultimate goal of making money. John, I've got to let you go here, but last question for you. Is this the last lawsuit we're going to see from you, or are there other people in your sites here? Uh, this is definitely not the last lawsuit. Uh, as I've said many times before, we are taking a very measured evidence-based approach uh, as to what we file next, um, but, and we are not ruling anyone out. Fox News on your list? We are not ruling anybody out. Okay. John Polis, thanks so much for joining us. Smiling right now. Wasn't he smiling? He was. He was. See, the problem is, is that when they sued Lindell, they also cited my affidavit. So they've got a bit of a problem. Like, I can't stand by other affidavits because I don't know them, right? I had said, you know, I don't, you know, the the spider one, I'm, I'm no, no, right? This one, no, 
Like, you know, I, and when I don't know, I'll say, I don't know. Here's what I know. Right. So bottom line is I've been doing this for a very long time. Right. So is he, you know, he had said that he started his company. What was it? 2018. He said, right. right. We have that video. Right. We've archived that shit. That's the thing. They can delete all they want, but we, we've actually archived it. So, you know, but, but speaking of that, last month, Dominion won a key decision in the lawsuit against Fox News. You should listen to that too. Just listen carefully. This is CNN reporting. Oh, which by the way, they keep saying that they lost 1.3. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm suing for $1.7 billion two times, right? Two times. And they have to file by Friday, just so you know. Is allowing Dominion voting to press forward in a major defamation case against Fox, Fox News. News after finding the network's coverage of election fraud may have been inaccurate. Delaware Superior Court Judge Eric Davis writes in his ruling, quote, given that Fox apparently refused to report contrary evidence, including evidence from the Department of Justice, the complaints, uh, the complaints allegations support the reasonable inference that Fox intended to keep Dominion's side of the story out of the narrative. Now, that ruling is going to now allow Dominion to attempt to uncover extensive communications within Fox News and interview the network's top people under oath. This comes just days after the January 6th committee released text message complaints, uh, the complaints. I paused it. I wanted you guys to see this. I'm going to read it for those listening. Given that Fox apparently refused to report contrary evidence, including evidence from the Department of Justice, the complaints allegations. Judge Eric Davis, Delaware Superior Court. So what was it? Which court was it that said that, no, Linwood's not allowed to practice law because he's bad, bad, bad. Sounds like it's Dominion territory. I mean, it is Joe Biden territory. So one would ask, why the fuck are you in Delaware? That's number one. <laughs> but I guess if all the corrupt companies file their articles of incorporation in Delaware, I mean, ding. But the question is, isn't it weird that it's could could even be the same judge? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But Delaware Superior Court, the same one that said Linwood's a liar, we should get rid of him, was overruled by a more superior court saying, yeah, no. So superior court is like state court, right? Not federal. Well, that's well, that's what I say. But anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Every state's different. See, I'm not a lawyer. I just say things. I just read things. So I'm just saying things. Nothing to see here. But let's continue this report and listen to how damning this is. Allegations support the reasonable inference that Fox intended to keep Dominion's side of the story out of the narrative. Now, that ruling is going to now allow Dominion to attempt to uncover extensive communications within Fox News and interview the network's top people under oath. This comes just days after the January 6th committee released text messages from some Fox News hosts to then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows urging the former president to stop the Capitol insurrection. Joining us now, former Nixon White House counsel and CNN contributor John Dean and former federal prosecutor and CNN chief legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin. Jeff, this is, this is a big deal? It's, it's, it's a very big deal, but it's not a surprise. You know, it's a basic principle. Guys, Jeffrey Tubin, really? So he wanks, right? in a Zoom call, right? Everybody sees him. And now he's, you know, we've got tugging Tubin, <laughs> Lubin Tubin, tugging Tubin. What do you want to call him? Giving in. Oh my gosh. It's not like nobody else wanks, right? But putting a wanker on TV, 
just makes you even more of a wanker. I, I, just, just saying. So now we have uh, Tugging Tubin giving his commentary on how this is a key decision. Let's go. Of, of libel law is that if, if, if CNN puts Mr. A on the air and Mr. A says Mr. B is a child molester, Mr. B sues us, we can't say, oh, well, it was just Mr. A who said that. We were just the transmission. That's what this case is about. Fox said, no, we didn't say that Dominion is corrupt. Our, our, the people we interviewed said that. The judge said, first of all, some of these people, Tucker Carlson, Maria Bartiromo, um, Lou Dobbs, uh, among others, some of those did say that Dominion was corrupt. But by putting Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, making these outrageous false allegations on the air without allowing Dominion to refute them, that's libel. And that's what. Uh, so can someone point out at a time that um, Dominion was declined to to make any contrary statements? I mean, did they actually say line by line? Oh, you know, in this affidavit, this is false. Or in this one, it's false. In this one, it's false. You know, they better hope that Trumpka's shit wasn't backed up. And we don't have the communications with the AFL-CIO back the fuck up. You could have killed him in August. But again, they better hope that there's no backup of these conversations. Back up, back up, back up. What's that song? Back, back, back it up. Uh, Fox is going to have to defend, and I don't know how they're going to defend it. I think it's a very good case for the plaintiffs. John, legally, how difficult is it to prove individuals knew their statements were false or that they were intentionally leaving out relevant information? It's not easy. In fact, it's very surprising. Most of these cases get dismissed at this very early stage with a motion to dismiss. I think that probably handles overwhelming number of uh, defamation cases. Because the standard is very unique. So before he continues his analysis, which we're going to watch, I just want you to, I, you know, every time I see Anderson Cooper, I remember him with that latex thing and that guy on a leash. And all I remember is tugging Tubin, getting himself ready to start wanking during, <laughs> during a Zoom call. This is just so weird from 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 a network that has so far publicly I, I i stress this publicly revealed very criminal sexual deviant activities including minors but i just wanted to point that out but i'm going to back it up because it's really important to listen to what mr dean has to say uh defamation cases because the standard is very unique they have to show actual malice that, that was employed meaning that they either knew it was false and went ahead with it, or they did it with reckless disregard. So did the reporters at Fox News perpetuate this information with the intention of causing them pain and anguish? Or did they do it by being just reckless? Right. Those are the questions that they're going to ask. Remember, it's always about intention. So let's just think about it. When I had put my affidavit and they all knew it was me, but they only publicized it was me, uh, you know, after they got done with Sidney Powell, right? Even though they knew, right? Because they had already DM'd people, so they can't lie. We got that too. Um, you know, like Huffington Post, Media Matters, uh, all of them, right? They put up Washington Post to come up and make the expose. We found her. 
<laughs> like they didn't know. They already had that shit on DM. It was already all over Twitter anyway. And, um, you know, they started to run hit pieces against me purposely to cause me mental anguish. But none of them addressed my affidavit. None of them. So that would mean that they did it with malice, malice. And they were careful because they were already starting their lawsuits with Sidney Powell, with others, because they were empowered to do so. Again, listen carefully. They had some indication, but yet they still went ahead. And these, uh, this case has not been decided on any substance yet, just on the pleadings. And it, and it, it made the basic bar and got over that, which is going to be a nightmare for Fox, as but, Jeffrey says. They're but, going to now dig in deep, and it's not going to be easy. But, John, this case is the definition, so it appears, of reckless disregard. Most cases, you're right, gets dismissed because most competent, ethical, journalistic entities put the other side of the story out. What that That's what Fox didn't do. And you have Giuliani saying, he's admitted already, that he didn't check out these allegations. So that means Fox didn't check out the allegations. And you can't just put libelous false information. See, this is where people need to listen carefully. So they didn't check these allegations, they said, and they just said it because they can't be both the witness and the, the, the you know, and the attorney, which is fair, I guess, because remember, these were signed under penalty and perjury. So the question is, why isn't Dominion going after the people that filed the affidavits? right? You committed perjury. I'm going to get your, why are they going after the lawyers? Because it's all for show. They're going to tell the lawyers, oh, you just went ahead with it. No, it's because they know out of the 10 affidavits, two are 100% on point. See, if they really wanted to get to the bottom of it, they would not go and go after Mike Lindell or Sidney Powell or Rudy or Lynn or Patrick Byrne or any of them. They would say, wait a minute, wait a minute. These people are going off of sworn testimony. Let's check their sworn testimony. See, because all these people, like I even had someone, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. They have sworn testimony, right? So if they really want to get to the bottom of it, what they need to do is sue these people saying that they lied. Are they going to say that the person lied, that they got a garbage bag? No, they can't sue them because they were there and that's what they saw and that's the truth. So it's your word against them, right? But when it's people like, you know, the people that were talking about Venezuela, right? And sign that shit off, ask them questions. Because out of the 100 statements they made, maybe 20 of them are correct, right? <laughs> Mine is 100% correct. So they don't want to ask that question, right? Because if you actually read the filings that they did, most of that, most of it is all my verbiage. And then it has like some random stuff that I don't agree with. These were all in the pleading. So again, once again, they won't go through all of the affidavits and take out the people that, hey, it's law, right? We're not talking public opinion, right? Let's talk law. You want the facts out? Then why don't you sue the people that filed the affidavits? Why are you going after the attorney? Hmm? See, this is where you know that they're not being honest. Because they could clear their name super duper duper quick if they go through all the affidavits, right? 
they can't say the people that saw the ballots, this, whatever, because you can put pinpoint time. You can get cameras. They don't want that. You could get this. They don't want that. Right. So they're going after Sidney Powell, Mike Linda. Do you see how slick they are? Right. How slick. How slick. But, but they will not go after the people that wrote the affidavits. And none of the people that wrote the affidavits are like, I'm shocked that you're saying she's a liar because she's representing part of my information. I'm a witness. I'm the only one doing that. So freaking weird. So weird. Right? Because Josh Merritt is so honorable. Then why isn't he fucking suing? Hmm? Hmm? Why isn't everybody else suing? Why aren't they upset that they were called a liar and that they filed in and they're, then they, they committed perjury? Why don't they? That's, that's a question someone should ask, right? That's a question someone should ask. Yet everybody else talks shit. And now, now, now that I am finally getting my defamation day, right? All of these now January 6th wants to see them. Sure. Go ahead. Like, what's your problem? No, no, no. It's about <laughs> what? See, the one thing I've learned in my life, right, is perception, um, perception of how people see things, uh, even in the Bible and the Torah and even the Quran. Um, stories have been said about the most unpredicted ally or unpredicted person that, you know, God would choose, Right. And that's the thing. It's never going to be the cookie cutter. It's never going to be, uh, you know, the person that, um, uh, <laughs> like, come on. It's never going to be the person that you think is going to walk out with a white robe that doesn't shit, doesn't poop, doesn't stink, right? Hasn't made a mistake, hasn't fallen over, right? It was, it was the thief, it was the, the, the prostitutes. It was the salesmen. It was the tax collector because see, those people are in the trenches and they know what evil is. And then they come up and they fight. And so, you know, um, unfortunately, truth never comes in in a Ferrari. You know, it'd be nice, but it doesn't. It's always coming in on a donkey, but the same goes to see intentions from very evil people, money driven people, um, you know, ego driven people. They're disgusting. They attack. They just have all this vitriol coming out of their mouth. I mean, look at CNN when they talk about things. All you have to do is look at their face and it tells you exactly where they sit and where their soul is that 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 disgusting dark anger that you see the 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 smirk you know that you get yeah this life matters but that one doesn't you know these are the things you know where they attack children because it's like it doesn't matter if you attack kids they deserve it right they did that sh they do that shit because they don't care it's usually people whose kids don't give a fuck about them right? It's people that are absent parents, right? That have, you know, no communications with their children, have no, you know, they don't care. They just use them for props. You know, maybe I should have fostered it. Or, you know, I was, I was very busy. I was hardly at home. My kids can test, uh, test to that. I was hardly at home, but I do have a strong bond with my kids, 
right? They know that they can rely on me. I mean, now more than anything, you know, um, they would always protect me. You know, they would always stand next to me. You know, they, 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 they suffered while I was away and they would say nothing because they were worried that something might happen to me. You know, this is how, um, how actual love is. People that don't know what love is don't understand it. They could sit there and they could say, I have 20 kids, but it's like, you're, you're a baby daddy. You're not a fucking daddy. Right. That's the way it is. You're a baby daddy, not a fucking daddy. Where have you been? You know, you're the one that says you should miss birthdays to go and, you know, work and do things. You know, I'd rather take a hit than, than not be there. Like this is, this is important. You know, I, I was a very absent parent, but I was also as present as possible, right? In order to, um, you know, have that, you know, where my kids call me every day, right? Where they want to see what I'm doing. And, and that's important for us as parents, right? It's important for us as parents to, to have that communication with our children. And as parents, if you don't have that communication with your children, it does hurt you. Don't, don't say it doesn't. It does hurt you. It's very important that we have good bonds, um, and, and, and have that affection. Now, sorry, I digressed, but this is the type of responses now you're going to see this hate, right? This hate. But it's very important that you listen. This is from December. Listen. Information out without allowing the other people to return. And plus, Dominion says that they lost all kinds of business because of this, which is certainly understandable, given given the fact that a lot of Republican, you know, will never hire them again. I mean, it's a very good case for the plaintiffs. So are the people who, who said those things not, you know, who were Fox personalities, who were Fox employees... Are they personally liable? Not in this case. Uh-huh. Um, there are other cases percolating through the system. Certainly there are cases against Giuliani and Sidney Powell. They have incredibly difficult cases to defend because they were putting all this stuff out here. I mean, they were saying wild, ch- wild things. Totally wild things. And, you know, reckless disregard for the truth, as John said, is the standard. But I don't see how you can look at what uh, Giuliani and, uh, Powell did. And now what Fox did without concluding it was reckless disregard. Here with us, CNN chief media correspondent and anchor of reliable sources, Brian Stelter, an anchor of early start and attorney at law, Laura Jarrett. <laughs> um, Brian, this is a, this is a serious lawsuit. Yes. And now that you can see they are moving forward, Dominion has won this key victory. This is a situation where Fox will settle and pay many, 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 many millions of dollars in order to make this go away, or they will, you know, go forward and actually let depositions happen and have executives uh, be deposed and and hosts be deposed and emails be turned over. And there could be some very embarrassing information in these emails and these correspondence, you know, from November and December of last year. Fox was touting the big lie, fueling the fire that led to the riot. We know that. And this lawsuit may expose even more of that. But again, that's only if Fox decides not to settle at this point. Or if Dominion's not willing to settle. That's the other factor here. Dominion may not want to settle. Dominion Voting Systems wants to regain its reputation. It may not be willing to settle. It may fight this all the way to court. And they have had a lot of court cases. This is not just their only one because they're really frustrated. They say it hurt their company the way that what was said about them. And they also said, I thought, how did it hurt their company? I think Louisiana bought more machines. (laughs) 
and other states that are Republican bought more machines. Why? It doesn't matter what machine they use, right? ESNS is just the same. So is, you know, Heart Inner Civic, right? Smartmatic, right? They're all the same. They almost operate with the same system, right? They almost operate with the same system. So it doesn't matter. I said that from day one. I wasn't targeting just a minion, right? It's all of them. It's every single one of them. Something was interesting that the judge took into consideration that Dominion went to Fox and said, this is why the information that you have is wrong. Here's proof that it's not true. And they're saying that is what factored into it, that they did reach out to them and try to say, hey, here's why this is wrong. They went to the highest levels of Fox executives to say, here's a fact sheet of all the things you've gotten wrong. Here's the DOJ pointing out all the ways you're wrong and the contrary evidence. And yet you still went ahead and put on lie after lie week after week, which is what goes into the what they call actual malice standard, which is what Dominion has to prove. So question malice standard. Um, didn't they do the same thing with Michael Avenatti? I think it was that turd over there that's a reliable source that was claiming that he was going to be president, right? Um, didn't they, like, you know, uh, also put out a lot of BS and never ate humble pie to say it was BS? They just let it die off into the sunset. I'm just saying, like, what is the 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 issue here? How many times have they said things that aren't true? And they've been told they aren't true. You know, what about the Russia hoax? Did they apologize for that? Because they just kept saying lies after lies after lies, even though they had DOJ shit telling them that it was a lie. So again, I'm sorry. What? I'm so confused. So Dominion came and said, look. Yeah, because they're going to come and say, no, 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 they're right. We're totally stealing the election, which would mean they would be locked up for fucking treason and every person on the board of electors that actually chose those machines that may or may not have gotten a house, uh, maybe some investments, you know, stuff like that. It's, a, it's actually a high bar for them to say, you actually knowingly put on lies, not just that you sort of washed over, you knowingly put on lies, you knowingly hoodwinked your viewers with all of this crap. And I mean, the judge just saw right through it. And this is what we're seeing more and more in the last few years. These disputes are being handled now in court. Alex Jones dragged into court, yeah. held accountable for his steady hook lies. Now Fox, Newsmax, OAN being dragged into the court system, being held accountable. It's really interesting to see. And this, on top of Fox's maybe worst week in years, Chris Wallace leaving because he'd had enough. Uh, those text messages by Fox News stars showing their rank hypocrisy on January 6th. And now you have this court loss for Fox. It is one damning bit of news after another showing that there is, at some point, a reality up against these lies. But imagine, if those were the texts on January 6th, what else do you think is out there? I mean, if, yeah. if, Dominion, if Dominion gets what they want, internal back and forth, and if they're lucky, which is what they want, they're going to get depositions with some of the key players here. They're going to be able to get depositions with the likes of Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, and they're going to be able to question them under oath about what they wrote. And the significance of this ruling... Laura, this is the stage where most companies try to stop these cases. Like yes. Fox has already lost what is usually the biggest, best hope to yes. squelch. You want to you want to get this squelched on a motion to dismiss because all the all Dominion has to do is say, here are the facts. And they just have to make sort of a bare bone showing. And the court said that they did that. But the court, I mean, it's a it's a long opinion. And he ticked through the judge ticked through all of the possible defenses that Fox could could try to mount. And the judge is saying that all might work down the line. But for right now, 
all of that is sort of besides the point. And they've made a clear enough showing just on the facts of it that they have a, a clear case here to move forward to discovery. So um, having showed that, I thought it was important to show it because that's exactly where I'm at right now. They're coming back to say why I shouldn't be able to sue them. But the thing is, facts are facts. You sent me threatening letters. You knew it was me. You played dumb, but you still knew it was me right? And you defame me. And by saying that Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell are liars while you're citing my affidavit, my words, that's defamation. Because now you're suing them for defamation, but now I'm the person behind most of those words. So I have the right to stand up for my words that I wrote under penalty and perjury. This is in fucking civil court where it doesn't play out anywhere. That's where it goes. You said Mike Lindell lied. Fair enough. Show me where. Show me all the words because I can highlight through all their statements and find a majority of that shit to be mine. So if you're suing them for defamation, that means you're calling me a liar. Let's get to the facts then. That's the way it is. When uh, Huffington Post was writing shit, they're calling me a liar. When Media Matters wrote shit, they're calling me a liar. I filed that shit under penalty and perjury. You need to prove it different. That's the way it is. See, uh, I, I, they didn't cite me in Rudy's and they didn't cite me in Patrick Burns. They got smart afterwards, right? They got super smart afterwards um, because they already knew. I mean, if I have a computer, they, the other side has a computer too. So they already knew. The matter of fact is here, now we're going down to facts. You can't sit there and say whatever. I mean, I think it was a Huffington Post that said, we're going we're gonna to file an anti-slap. It's like, you need slaps of fact checks, right? You can't just go putting shit out and expecting it to be okay. You can't just go purposely and maliciously say these things because the majority of what they put out is what I said. And if they were exaggerated or stated different, still the same fucking words. So this is where it comes down to it because now they're coming in harder. And the question is, why? Why are they coming in so hard? I should read this out. Um, so basically, voting machine company Smartmatic filed a defamation lawsuit against MyPillow and its CEO, Mike Lindell, on Tuesday for spreading false conspiracy theories about election fraud involving the company's machines. The latest in a string of defamation suits Smartmatic and rival company Dominion Voting Systems have brought to the counter the baseless claims. Smartmatic sued Lindell and MyPillow in federal court for defamation and deceptive trade practices. Alleging the CEO intentionally stoked the fires of xenophobia and party divide of the noble purpose of selling his pillows. Oh, my gosh. Lindell knowingly spread lies about Smartmatic's machines being used to switch the votes in 2020 election because he wants to be seen as a champion of deceptive message that still sells Smartmatic. Alleged oh, that he sells pillows. There's no evidence of any widespread fraud involving Smartmatic's machines. What? Hello, Philippines. Hello, Venezuela. Hello. What? What? Losing my mind. You All you have to do is a simple search. It's all there. In the 2020 election, he was probably talking about global stuff. Smartmatic allegedly alleged that because of Lindell's claims, the company's valuation has gone from being in excess of $3 billion before the 2020 election to less than $1 billion now. Forbes independently valued Smartmatic at $730 million based on its estimated 2020 sales, which the company disputes. Ha! Huh, you know, this is where Lindell needs some information from 
a lot of other people. Kind of how Smartmatic actually lost their valuation because they were making their machines in China. And if you remember in Taiwan and in Australia when they were holding elections, right? Uh, they were using Smartmatic machines, but because they were being produced in China, they said no. So basically because of the China trade war that we had, their company went down, right? Because they were making their machines in China, 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 China. So it has nothing to do with Lindell. And we can easily prove that. So, um, so funny that they did this on Tuesday. Like yesterday, they were really happy. And it's so funny because Friday, everyone has to file their motion to dismiss them against my case. So weird. My pillow. Smartmatic is asking for an unspecified amount in monetary damages and attorney's fees, as well as for an order. That would require Lindell and MyPillow to retract their false statements and implications fully and completely. Crazy like a fox, Mike Lindell knows exactly what he's doing, and it's dangerous, the lawsuit says. <laughs> the country will sleep better at night knowing that the judicial system holds people like Mr. Lindell accountable for spreading disinformation that deceives and harms others, says their lawsuit. <laughs> Lindell's attorney has not yet responded to a request for comment, nor should she. Lindell has refused to back down from his baseless claims of widespread election fraud despite the litigation brought against him and filed a lawsuit in June against Dominion and Smartmatic accusing the companies of weaponizing the litigation process. No shit. To silence political dissent and suppress evidence of fraud. So true. One million percent. Lindell voluntarily dismissed that lawsuit in December to instead file counterclaims in Dominion's defamation lawsuit against them. Smartmatic's lawsuit against Lindell. See, that's so, so cool. So he files it and then he withdraws it, right? To file counterclaims because, you know, there's other defamation suits that were filed. So anyway, Smartmatic's lawsuit against Lindell and MyPillow follows separate litigation the company has already brought against, ding, 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 you guessed it, Sidney Powell. So attorneys for Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, Fox News and Far Right News Network, Newsmax and OAN. <laughs> are also being sued. Dominion, whose machines have been the primary focus of the far-right conspiracy theories, sued Lindell and MyPillow in February. Similarly, alleging the CEO sells the lie about Dominion because the lie sells the pillows. Um, the company has also filed a suit against Powell, Giuliani, Fox News, former Overstock CEO Patrick Byrne, Newsmax, OAN, and several of its anchors. Litigation is still pending for all of them, and um, motions to dismiss the lawsuits against them failed in August. That's fine, though, guys. That's the point. That's fine. Because they're not supposed to be dismissed yet. They're just going to sit there and wait, because now they're getting sued. Because, see, see, if if people were smart, they would take Sidney Powell's thing and then highlight shit that I said, right? Highlight shit she said and then be like, oh, wait, that sounds like something Tori said. Okay. Okay. It'll be so yellow. Damn. It'd be like, damn, did Tori write that? Then there's this random shit about Venezuela I never talked about and some other stuff. I mean, sounds like there's like this racketeering conspiracy with politicians and big pockets and these tech companies and agencies. I mean, dang. And they think that he needs Dominion to sell pillows. Get out of here. Get out of here. If that was the case, that the machines were so safe and it was over, right, and there's nothing to worry about, then why are the Democrats expected to force a vote in the Senate? And why did Cinema, 
right? Get threatened. We're pulling all our money from you and you won't see a dime from us if you don't bend the knee and get rid of these stupid filibusters. What? You don't think that's what they're doing? They want to federalize your elections. So they not only pick your president. I mean, come on, stop. All the elections are fixed. But the problem is we have the little kings in the states, like king governors, king AGs, king mayors, king this, king judges, king losers. So we have all these people that are getting threatened right now. Holy crap, none of us will ever run unless we kiss the ring and bend over with a big jar of Vaseline. That's what's up. So the problem that they're having is, is that if they pass this, right, then nobody has any control over elections except for whoever's in office. And that will never change. Maybe, I mean, in name, but it's always the same. And now it'll be the new gods as opposed to the all guards. Hmm, so weird. So bizarre. It's almost as if no one's really in charge and they're just making up us. True story. And Trevor, Trevor Potter now, founder of the campaign. campaign Legal Center and a Republican former chairman of the Federal Election Commission to talk about this a bit more. Trevor, good to see you. You actually published an opinion piece yesterday calling for the Senate to pass this legislation. Let's just talk about your main arguments here. Well, good morning, Kara. It's really unfortunate that this has become a partisan deadlock because this is a uh, a piece of legislation that has had Republican support in the past. The uh, 16 Republican senators currently in the Senate voted for uh, the Voting Rights Act uh, when it came up last time in the Senate. Uh, what's happening here is a question about, first, whether the Senate is going to be able to continue debate on this, and secondly, whether a majority of the Senate, which would be 50 Democratic senators who favor this bill, and the vice president to break the tie, whether that majority will have a chance to, to vote in favor of this bill and have it passed. It's an important bill because it would establish national standards uh, for access to voting, for the freedom to vote. It would make it uh, possible for people across the country, regardless of what state they're in, to be able to get absentee ballots, to have people uh, send them applications for mail-in ballots to have standard times for early voting, uh, enough locations for early voting. One of the things we learned in the pandemic last year is that many people would vote if it were more convenient, if it wasn't during their work hours, if they could drop a ballot off on their way home, if they could drive to a polling place and stay in their car and vote through the window. And those are the sorts of things that a number of states have cut back on since last year's election. And this bill would say, no, you have to have national minimum standards for access to voting. So it's, it's still, though, the likelihood of this passing is slim to none. So what do you think, Trevor? Is this continuing on because Democrats just want to keep this debate alive, keep the conversation alive? I mean, why keep pushing and, and even trying to force this vote in the Senate when they know they just don't have the votes to take it? Well, again, they have the votes if they could get to a vote on the floor. What's happening here is this Senate procedure called a filibuster, where it takes at least 60 senators to keep debating, which is pretty ironic because the point of the filibuster is supposed to be to ensure that there is continuing debate 
and that senators don't get cut off. But it's been turned around in the Senate to say you have to have 60 votes to continue the debate. And I think what we're going to see here is an attempt by Senator Schumer to see if there's a compromise on the filibuster rule. Would it be possible to change it to require continuing debate with enough senators on the floor to talk about this? Because what we seem to be seeing is that Republicans, even those who behind the scenes support aspects of this bill or have supported it in the past, do not want to talk about it on the floor uh, because it's popular. Every poll has shown that the aspects of this uh, are favored by a majority of the American people. So one of the things that may happen if this fails today is that the leadership will break this up into smaller bills and keep coming back to try to get people, senators uh, to debate it and to justify not voting to let this go forward uh, to a majority vote in the Senate. And, of course, you mentioned the filibuster. Senators Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema still not budging. <laughs> so what's your message to them? I think the message is that the point of the filibuster is to have continued debate. And so if Senator Schumer proposes not, uh, and, and Republicans, if they don't want to vote for it, will have to explain why. Well... We hear it. We're listening. We're going to, of course, follow it all throughout the day. Take it live once uh, the debate continues. Campaign Legal Center founder Trevor Potter. Trevor, thanks so much. Really appreciate your insight this morning. Thanks, Kira. Hi, everyone. George oh, Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC oh, News. You so basically what they want to do is they want to uh, legitimize uh, federalizing the elections. And the problem that we have here is let's all assume that it passes, right? At that point, once it passes, how do you fight it? You have to go to SCOTUS and say, hold on, this is a very big problem. Because if they federalize elections, we have no say. This is where the lawsuits start to fly, right? But then, you know, what did SCOTUS say? If your legislators pass law or, you know, yeah, if your legislators pass law, then it is law. So now these people posing as legislators are going to say it's law. How do you fix this? Where you have to prove that these legislators were never elected in the first place. This is why uh, the election fraud is so important. Because if they federalize it, then you can start filing lawsuits left and right and say, but they cheated. And it's like, how are you going to do that when they own everything? The states will be fighting, right? But the states will be fighting for their police power, for being kings in their own dominions, right? Own dominions, right? This is the problem we're going to have because how do you get in? Oh, it is a general grievance doctrine. If you're not happy with something you can't file, you have no standing. I have fucking standing. Why is no one behind me pushing? Because that's not how truth wins. Truth never comes in on the shoulders and on rockets and on, uh, you know, on limousines and, and, and airplanes and jets, right? It comes in as humble as fuck putting pennies together to get shit done with honest and strong attorneys that will sit there and they will craft and we will turn every stone upside down. This is the only way it's done because everyone else is too selfish, right? Everyone else is way too selfish and that's the problem. That's, that's the ultimate problem that we have that unfortunately 
There's got to be that one woman that keeps going to court, keeps going to court. <laughs> till the judge is like, right, fine, whatever, here. The, the, the thing is, you can't have standing as a citizen. You can't have standing as an attorney general. You can't have, there's very few standings you can have. And then they tell the president that he doesn't have standing. Well, don't worry, Mr. President. I'm going to give you enough to file that quo warranto and get rid of all these fuckers. Because the, the problem that we have is that there are so many people out there that know the truth, that are rank and file sitting in that Pentagon right now. They know and they're not speaking. There's people around. I mean, damn. George Tennant once gave me a signed book. Why doesn't he come forward? He knows. Hmm? Why doesn't... Why don't they come forward? They all know. Why don't they come forward? Afraid they get crucified? They just ate crow with COVID and now they're going to tell everyone how to live with a virus, how to live with HIV, how to live not having kids, how to live being sick all the time, how to live. And, you know, we have weather wars. Oh, which, by the way, other people are talking about now, too. So weird. How you could just change hurricane directions. You know, we, we had a whole show on that. I'm not even going to get into it. The bottom line is it's, it's, it's do or just roll over right now for the people. It's do or roll over. There's no if, ands, or buts. You either do or you roll over. That's where it's at. So let's take a quick break. I'll see you all in just a bit. Years from now, some of them may look back and ask themselves whether they've made the right choice, whether they've made the most of the opportunities they've, they've been given. Together, we have the same mission. Over the course of your life, you will find that things are not always fair. You will find that things happen to you that you do not deserve and that are not always warranted. But you have to put your head down and fight, fight, fight. Never, ever, ever give up. Don't give in, don't back down, and never stop doing what you know is right. Nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. And the more righteous your fight, the more opposition that you will face. In your hearts are inscribed the values of service, sacrifice, and devotion. Now you must go forth into the world and turn your hopes and dreams into action. America has always been the land of dreams because America is a nation of true believers. When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, they prayed. When the founders wrote the Declaration of Independence, they invoked our creator four times. Because in America, we don't worship government, we worship God. It is why our currency proudly declares, in God we trust. And it's why we proudly proclaim that we are one nation under God. The story of America is the story of an adventure that began with deep faith, big dreams, and humble beginnings. The next generation of American leaders never ever give up there'll be times in your life you'll want to quit never quit never stop fighting for what you believe in 
and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself. The more people tell you it's not possible, that it can't be done, the more you should be absolutely determined to prove them wrong. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. You must keep pushing forward. And always have the courage to be yourself. America is better when people put their faith into action. Pray to God and follow his teachings. Today, each of you begins a new chapter as well. When your story goes from here, it will be defined by your vision, your perseverance, and your grit. You will build a future where we have the courage to chase our dreams no matter what the cynics and the doubters have to say. You will have the confidence to speak the hopes in your hearts and to express the love that stirs your souls. As long as you have pride in your beliefs, courage in your convictions, and faith in God, then you will not fail. As long as America remains true to its values, loyal to its citizens, and devoted to its creator, then our best days are yet to come. May God bless the class of 2017. May God bless the United States of America. And I just want to let you know that God blesses you. And I want to just say, you are special in every way. God bless you and God bless America. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you almost had me fooled. Told me that I was nothing without you. Oh, and after everything you've done. I can thank you for how strong I have become Cause you brought the flames and you put me through hell I had to learn how to fight for myself And we both know all the truth I could tell I'll just say this is I wish you farewell I hope you're somewhere praying Praying I hope your soul is changing Changing, I hope you find your peace falling on your knees. Praying, I'm proud of who I am. No more monsters, I can breathe again. And you said that I was done
you were wrong and now the best is yet to come Cause I can't make it on my own And I don't need you, I found a strength I've never known And I'll bring thunder, I'll bring rain Whoa when I'm finished, they won't even know your name You brought the flames and you put me through hell I had to learn how to fight for myself And we both know all the truth I could tell I'll just say this is I wish you farewell I hope you're somewhere praying Praying I hope your soul is changing Change it. I hope you find your peace Falling on your knees Praying And sometimes I pray for you at night Or someday Maybe you'll see the light Or some say in life, you're gonna get what you give But some things only God can forgive yeah. I hope you're somewhere praying Praying, I hope your soul is changing Changing I hope you find your peace on your knees. The most important weapon in your weapons cache is your ability to pray. And one might say, how do we pray? Simple. We stand naked, not like literally. Completely and utterly vulnerable and ask. I've said this before. I think the best prayers that I do are when I'm in peace in the shower. I kid you not. I know people are going to be like, what do you mean you pray? That's when I... That's when I pray. That's when I, um, you know, go through just listening to the water pitter patter and just connect. And, and that's it. You know, um, that's the time that I get that peace. Um, also when I'm swimming, I haven't swum in a very long time. I want to go swimming. Um, I can shut out everything. I'm away from electronic devices. I'm away from everything. In the shower, I'm not so away from anything. My cat's pretty much a peeper. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> likes to watch. It's really strange. And if I don't, I'll get claw marks on the door. So, um, <laughs> oh, DMI on that one. But uh, we all have that creepy cat or dog, right? That will go anywhere you go. Um, but that's the time that that I pray. Hands up on the wall, you take a deep breath and you're just like, all right, here I am. And the water kind of feels like it's, it's giving me that buffer, right? I, this is just me. Prayer is, is very, very important. It's a very, very vulnerable and private thing, but, um, you know, it's very important that we focus no matter who you believe God is. There's one creator and, uh, you know, they do listen. They're a parent, right? They are a parent. Uh, regardless of how you see it, parent, I created you part of them, right? 
Um, and this is why I find it really, really difficult to understand people that have children and, you know, don't wonder, you know, have they slept tonight? Have they eaten? How are they feeling? Are they sad? You know, I can't stop doing that. I mean, you know, every time I'm thinking, you know, my child can be, you know, shipped off overseas and, you know, it's like, I don't think you should be volunteering at the moment. <laughs> I'm just saying, I would constantly think like, can they sleep or are, are, are they fed? Right. Because they're a little part of you. Right. And, um, you know, as long as you can hear their voice, I guess you feel better. Right. It's, it's part of you. Um, now, um, I, I want you guys to know, like, I'm actually throwing my hat in a race. I'll, I'll make the announcement when I file. Um, I've got 10 days to get signatures, so that's great. Um, a little bit of banter back and forth. People trying to say you should go independent because the GOP has a lot of rules. And it's like, great, maybe we should change them. So um, it'll be different. Uh, so I'll let you guys know when that's done uh, at the end of the month. Um, I think it's important. I mean, I don't want to um, run really. I think I have to. At this point, it's an I have to. I mean, Jake Armstrong, District 17, Texas is running, right? There's so many people down in Florida running, right? They're all amazing people just running, running, running for office. Run. You got nothing to lose. And those of you in Ohio that have um, volunteered to get my signatures, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, um, today the paperwork was signed and done and, you know, I got five on the way home, <laughs> you know, just whatever here, sign it. Um, so I, I think it's, it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty different. Um, this is going to be, uh, talking about all the things that I actually specialize in, I guess, in, in a way from a whistleblowing perspective. Um, and it's going to be very interesting. Um, I want you guys to, to understand that today a very solid precedent has been set that I will most likely take advantage of. Oh my gosh, am I taking advantage of it? And it just happens to perfect. I'm not going to state it, but I will tell you what happened. And then you can, you know, you could just use your imagination because that's definitely being used in my lawsuits. So, um, I just want you to, to listen carefully to what, um, I'm going to uh, put out for you. In a rebuff to former President Donald Trump, the Supreme Court is allowing the release of presidential documents sought by a congressional committee investigating January 6, the January 6th insurrection. The justices on Wednesday, today, rejected a bid by Trump to withhold documents from the committee until the issue is finally resolved by the courts. Following the high court's action, there's no legal impediment to turning over the documents which are held by the National Archives and Records Administration. They include presidential diaries and visitor logs. So basically, the Supreme Court said, yeah, you can have, you know, presidential diaries and visitor logs. We can see who came and visited you. Kind of feels like ProPublica and all of them are trying to place certain people in the White House, you know, and, uh, you know, they advocated, correct, hey, look, shifty ship. Sometimes flies on walls, can't be seen in 3D. And so that's going to be a big problem for them, a big problem for them. Because this is a can of worms. Remember, they impeached a non-sitting president. Um, this uh, insurrection congressional committee. <laughs> Remember that. Remember that. Because um, it's going to be quite interesting later. Just remember that. 
Because right now, they've already explained to you what they want to get with President Trump. Aside from trying to nail him for, uh, oh, it's your fault that these people trashed the Capitol, even though we fucking told them that they were going to trash the Capitol in November. I sat across from every single one of them. Thank goodness. Well, me and Millie were talking. I was like, hey, Millie, you're the blue check mark. So you apparently have weight because, you know, you have a blue check mark and whatever. Just fucking call the police, call DHS, give them all that shit. We already gave them everything. FBI had everything. They even said with their own mouths, there's going to be people that are going to want to storm the Capitol. We're going to let them do it. <laughs> and it's like, stop. Wait, what? Hold on. Why don't we pull the records from DHS? Right from the Capitol Police, where we told them everything. Why don't they pull the records where I gave them all of that myself, mouth to mouth, right there? Not like literally mouth to mouth, but I was right across from them, straight from my mouth to their ears. They said that they're going to do this. I mean, the videos were everywhere. Poor Lara Logan put them out too. Like, you know, and then we had losers like Jack Pacific, oh, I infiltrated Antifa. Fuck you, dude. Antifa is a chapter. It's an organized organization. It's not cells. They're not domestic terror cells like the Sunrise Movement. Okay. Right. You didn't penetrate shit. Antifa isn't an idea. When that shit came out, I was like, dude, I know the guy that runs the chapter for that idea in fucking North Dakota. What do you mean? He has it on his profile. How is it an idea when there's a chapter? Oh, and look at that. It's 2022. And this is from 2018, me reporting it. And suddenly it's news. Here's another fun fact, right? In 2018, all my articles and ever since then have been about next generation identification. My actual first articles that I ever put out was this looming thing of next generation identification using biological blockchains. Obviously, no one would understand that at the time. So I just made it small. Why are your attorney general signing all these memorandums of understanding with the federal authorities, giving him your private identifying information? Why is all this information connected? Why is they, why are they collecting the data? Why are they putting it on one database? Where the fuck is this database? Who has this database? Where is this database? How are they doing it? How are they doing it? Now everyone's like, oh my God, for the IRS, you have to use ID.me. And it's like, uh, want to know who one of the biggest promoters of that? Yeah. Used to be a guy that I thought was my friend, ID and me, because that's all they use when they sign up for shit. Why? Because that's next generation identification. It's got all your biometrics, all your shit. Now, if you want to file taxes, you're going to have to show your face on video so they get the facial recognition, show your house bills and everything. You want a tax return? Girlfriend, there's no more of, mm, I'm getting my return and shit and I'm getting on there. They're going to want your bills. They're going to want your face. They want your blood sample, your COVID passport, everything. They want it all. Hmm. And you know what people forget? So I've talked about the IRS before, but only brought them up very, very, um, you know, on the, on the outs outs. But, um, I think it was like three, four years ago, maybe 2018, 2019. I was telling you that the income tax that the inner, that the internal revenue service actually has is based completely off of the 1783 Paris peace treaty. Again, the Paris Peace Treaty of 1783, that is what dictates and tells you how the taxes are, are being done. Now, one thing that people don't know is that um, uh, taxes, right? Um, you know, if you actually fight it in court, you win. 
One thing I've noticed is that every single person that has won has been killed too. And so um, they've, they've actually died after they win the lawsuit. So weird, right? So weird. I mean, if there's a lot of us though on one lawsuit against IRS, I mean, are they going to kill all of us? Like that would be massive. And I don't think that there's anyone in America right now that actually works that wouldn't join in on that lawsuit. But that's for later in 2022. Um, actually, an attorney that I've been speaking with has been talking about this since like late, late 2020. Like I should say like, August, you know, um, no, 2021, right? Brought it up to me. And I was like, yeah, maybe we can get this person. Maybe we should talk that strategy, maybe this. And they've actually done their homework. So again, the Paris Accord of uh, Paris Peace Treaty of 1783 actually outlines how the IRS works. Um, you know, that's right after 1776 while the ink wasn't dry. Oh, and you're hearing a lot of these weird words now. And everyone's like, wait, we've heard that before. No shit. You heard it from the person that writes these scripts. Literally, words create reality, right? This is how it is. And so, again, I want to <laughs> reverse. Um, I think that um, it's important that we hear. Um, so John Bachman, great guy uh, from uh, Newsmax. He's a really good guy, actually. Um, stellar guy, smart guy, interviewed President Trump one-on-one. It's a good five-minute clip. I want you guys to to listen to this interview with no tie, with our president speaking. Great to see you again, sir. Thank you very much. Sounds like the Republicans are going to take back control of the Congress. And what would you like to see them do first? What should be priority number one if they do take back control? Number one, take back. Oh, that's what has to be number one. We have to take it back. These are radicalized, horrible people that hate our country, what they're doing with the open borders and the judges and all of the things they've been doing is so sad. And then you look at Afghanistan as a topper, the way they came out. We were coming out and we were coming out strong with dignity. There's never been a lower point than what happened with uh, Afghanistan, in my opinion. So we've got a number one. We've got to win the House. And I think we can win the Senate also. We should win the House maybe handily. And I think we should win the Senate. We heard some uh, lock him up chants for Dr. Fauci out there. What about holding Dr. Fauci accountable? Well, he is accountable. He's uh, somebody that has done some pretty poor work. You know, with me, he wanted to keep it open to China, keep it open to Europe. We would have lost hundreds of thousands more people. But he wasn't a big factor in my administration. But Biden has made him a big factor. And uh, they have done a horrible job on COVID or the China virus, as I call it. But they've done a horrible job. What would you be doing differently right now when it comes to COVID? Well, one thing, no mandates. The mandates are killing our economy. I'm convinced that when you have supply chain problems, you can't get paper, you can't get lumber, they can't build houses, they have no nails, they have nothing. And I think uh, to start off with, the mandates are a disaster and people just aren't working. You can't get people to work because of the mandates. So that would be the first thing I'd do because I think it would straighten up, help straighten the economy. Uh, the other thing you have to do unrelated to that, but you have to do is we were energy independent and now we're reliant on OPEC and Russia and we're reliant on all of the people that we, it's like it was five years ago. We had energy independence and if you remember $1.87 a gallon right. to fill up your car, $1.87 now it's up to 6 $7 in California, it's over $7. When people look at this Nord Stream 2 deal, you are holding Russia accountable for that. And, and, and no one can understand why the Biden administration or Democrats would not go forth with these sanctions and Ted Cruz's bill last week. Well, somebody got a lot of money. If you look at the money part of it, somebody got money, but we had it stopped. 
it's also very bad for Europe. You know, they supply the energy to Europe. If they ever get into a little fisticuffs, it's going to be pretty bad where they say, guess what, we're turning off your energy. So they're closing up plants and they're reliant on Nord Stream. And I was the one that brought it up. You would have never heard the term. I brought it up. I ended it. And now Biden approves it. And they're going to be completing it fairly soon. It's a it's a disgrace. We got a charged up crowd out there yeah. and they're very excited to see you. Very excited to see Kerry Lake. This is going to be an yeah. important state in 2022. What do you think is the most important election issue for the voters of 2022 in Arizona? I think the borders for Arizona certainly are. And, that you know, the whole country is a border, if you think about it. You know, they're pouring throughout the country. But for Arizona and Texas in particular, the borders are a, a terrible, terrible problem. We have millions of people coming into our country. And, you know, many are coming from prisons of other countries. Over 129 countries, they said last week. They're people from 129 countries. It's not just like Mexico and Honduras and, you know, et cetera. It's they had 129 countries, and they're emptying out their prisons. The United States is a dumping ground for a lot of people that are not the people that we want. And when it comes to the leadership of the GOP right now, what kind of letter grade would you give them? Speaker, or, or Leader McCarthy and, and McConnell. Well, I've been working well with uh, Kevin, and we've been doing very well together, and we're working on the election, and I'd give him a very high mark. Uh, I'm not a fan of McConnell. I haven't been. I helped him get elected. Without me, he would have lost his race. And then he goes and makes stupid statements uh, after January 6th, which was not my situation. This was a, just a stupid thing he did. But he's a bad leader. He gave them two months, a two-month stay. That two months. I'm going to be very careful here. Hopefully, now that SCOTUS has allowed to relieve transcripts or whatnot, we get actual information of McConnell and Lindsey Graham speaking. I think that would be really important because how would you like to know if someone came to you and said, it's like me. I'll give you an example of me. Uh, true example. Um, you know, I got, I got this really troubling call on December 1st. 2017 from the Attorney General after hearing my name in a meeting with the U.S. Army Corps Engineers on November 30th, right? Uh, and um, suddenly they give me this document and I go and find an attorney and the attorney tells me, you know, look, 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 here's the deal. They won't do anything. You just do this, leave this alone, right? Do what you're going to be doing normally and just give us all your communications, right? And it'll be fine. So I was like, okay, just reiterate that to me. You're saying that I should continue what I'm doing, pay them $500 so it looks like they win, and give them assurance, uh, a sign, an assurance of voluntary compliance that I'm going to give them all my texts and all my emails um, in regards to this. Um, so they can be happy and they won't pursue, right? Is that what you're telling me? And the attorney says, yes. So then when the AGs come on the phone and it was a team, a team of them, I said, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not doing it. But you can't. The event's already happening. Guess what? I'm going to cancel that bitch because something's up and I don't know what's up. And um, no, I'll eat crow, take the hit, you know, and I don't care. Fuck you. That's exactly how it went. Now, Obviously, President Trump is a little bit more calculated and more eloquent than me. And he was told a few things by uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, but I'm sure 
right? I'm sure there's a fly, you know, I would say I'm sure. And then, and then that was it. Oh, you know, this is where you see the true colors. Like, you know, this may happen. We'll do this, you know, just don't do this and don't do that. <laughs> this is after January 6th. Okay. So hopefully all of that will come out because we need to see that the people need to see just what weasels these fuckers are. That's what they need to do. Months of, of adjustment gave them a power that they should have never had. So I'm not a fan of him. And I think he's hurting the party very badly. McConnell. All right, well, I got the wrap up here. What's the message, main message for this crowd tonight? Well, it's a message of love. I mean, our country's going to hell. Our borders are open. You take a look at what's happening with our economy and inflation, and you look at fuel prices. Nobody's ever seen anything like it, where it costs four times more to fill up your car today than it did a couple of uh, months ago. I mean, nine months ago, it was. we had it down to a level that it was so good, great for the industry and also great for the consumer. People that want to fill up a tank now, we're, we're a country that's in serious trouble, but we'll turn it around. We're going to fight very hard. We're going to turn it around. I say make America great again, again. All right, Mr. President, always great to talk. Thank you very much. Thank you. You got time for a quick selfie? Yeah, go ahead. All right. And it was a uh, selfie. That's what you do, I guess, in 2020. Isn't it? Didn't, did you see how he smiled when he got the selfie? That was so cute. Oh, uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> Their height is pretty almost, well, he's not that, no, well, he's tall, but not that tall, I guess. But, um, thing is, um, blackmail comes in all shapes and forms. And sometimes you let people come at you with the blackmail, right? You let them tell you, you better do this or else, right? Cause that's blackmail, right? It could be in any shape or form, right? That's how you see it. Blackmail. I won't pursue you if you do this. I will make sure this is going to happen if you do this, right? That's quid pro quo, blackmail, right? I'm just saying, right? Blackmail. And blackmail is not something that any of these fuckers should be doing because there's a ton out there for all of them, for the world to see. The whole world can see passports and travel and by lateral agreements and really weird, you know, all of these things, fake passports going with fake names, right? You know, all these things. Uh, and we're not talking diplomatic, right? We're talking literal fake ones that are totally bypassed, right? By all security features and measures. But, you know, nobody wants to talk about that. No, we will. In fact, we'll be talking about Biden tomorrow a lot. I, I hope I can get to that uh, pretty soon. Uh, it's been a rough two days for me on a personal level, but um, I thought we can go and see um, what Biden had to say in this weird two-hour marathon of a press conference. Definitely face-off worked real hard for this one. Take a listen. Be able to get total unity on the rush on the. Uh NATO front. If I may ask a quick one on Iran, I just wanted to get your sense of whether the Vienna talks are making any progress, if you still think it's possible to reach a deal for both sides to resume compliance with the Iran nuclear deal, or if it's time to give up on that. Thank you. I'll do it in reverse. It's not time to give up. There is some progress being made. The P5 plus one is on the same page. Can we just say that he sounds different, so different? Let's guess. He's got a cold, too. That's the only time he's chatty, when he has a cold, right? <laughs> so weird. But it remains to be seen. Um, okay. Uh, 
Kristen, NBC. Um, very quickly on Russia, um, I do have a number of domestic policy issues, but on, on Russia very quickly, it seemed like you said that you have assessed, you feel as though he will move in. Has this administration, have you determined whether President Putin plans to invade or move into Ukraine, as you said? Look, um, the only thing I'm confident of is that decision is totally, solely, completely Putin decision. Nobody else is going to make that decision. No one else is going to impact that decision. He's making that decision. And I suspect it matters which side of the bed he gets up on in the morning as to exactly what he's going to do. And I think it is not irrational if he wanted to, to talk about dealing with strategic doctrine and dealing with force structures in Europe and in, in uh, the European parts of Russia. But I don't know whether he's decided he wants to do that or not. So far, in the three meetings we've had, OSCE, and anyway, have, have not produced anything because the impression I get from my Secretary of State, my National Security Advisor, and my other senior officials that are doing these meetings is that there's a question of whether the people they're talking to know what he is going to do. So the answer is, uh, but based on a number of criteria as to what he could do, for example, for him to move in and occupy the whole country, particularly from the north, from Belarus, it's, uh, he's going to have to wait a little bit till the ground's frozen so he can cough. To move in a direction where he wants to talk about what's going. We we have we're continuing to provide for defense capacities to the to the Ukrainians. We're talking about what's going on in both the uh, the Baltic and the Black Sea, etc. There's a whole range of things that I'm sure he's trying to calculate how quickly he can do what he wants to do and what does he want to do. But I he's not he's an informed individual. And I'm sure, I'm not sure, I believe he's calculating what the immediate, short-term, and the near-term, and the long-term consequences of Russia will be. And I don't think he's made up his mind yet. I want to ask you about your domestic agenda. You've gotten a lot of questions about voting rights, Mr. President, but I want to ask you about black voters, one of your most loyal constituencies. Yep. I was in... Congressman Clyburn's district yesterday in South Carolina. You opened this news conference talking about him. I spoke to a number of black voters who fought to get you elected, and now they feel as though you are not fighting hard enough for them and their priorities. And they told me they see this push on voting rights more as a last-minute PR push than it is a legitimate effort to get legislation passed. So what do you say to these black voters who say that you do not have their backs as you promised on the campaign trail. I've had their back. I've had their back my entire career. I've never not had their back. And I started on the voting rights issues long, long ago. That's what got me involved in politics in the first place. And uh, I think part of the problem is, uh, um, look, there's, there's significant disagreement in every community on whether or not the timing of assertions made by people has been in the most timely way. 
So I'm sure that there are those who are saying that why didn't Biden push John Lewis bill as hard as he pushed it the last month? Why did he push it six months ago as hard as he did now? Um, uh, the fact is that there is um, there's a timing that is not of one's own choice. It's somewhat dictated by events that are happening in country and around the world as to what the focus is. But part of the problem is as well. I have not been out in the community nearly enough. I've been here an awful lot. I find myself in a situation where uh, um, I don't get a chance to look people in the eye because of both COVID and things that are happening in Washington to be able to go out and do the things that I've always been able to do pretty well. Connect with people. Let them take a measure of my sincerity. Let them take a measure of who I am. For example, I mean, as I pointed out in South Carolina, um, you know, last time when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee, I got the Voting Rights Act extended for 25 years and I got strong Thurman to vote for it. That's what I've been doing my whole career. And so the idea that I that that I didn't either anticipate or because I didn't speak to it as fervently as they want me to earlier. In the meantime, I was spending a lot of time, spent hours and hours and hours talking with my colleagues on the Democratic side, trying to get them to agree that if in fact this occurred, if this push continued, that they would be there for John Lewis and anyway. So, um, but I think that's, that's a problem that is my own making by not communicating as much as I should have. Yet, you find that uh, when you deal with members of the Black Caucus and others in the, in the United States Congress, I still have very close working relationships. So it's like every community. I'm sure that there are those in the community, and I'm a, I'm a big labor guy. I'm sure there's people in labor saying, why haven't I been able to do A, B, C, or D? So it's just going to take a little bit of time. You're, you put Vice President Harris in charge of voting rights. Are you satisfied with her work on this issue? And can you guarantee, do you commit that she will be your running mate in 2024, provided that you run again? Yes and yes. That's all you needed to hear. All of that. First, you needed to see that the voice is different and what he's saying. He also claimed that he was a constitutional professor for 20 years uh, during that, you know, marathon of a speech. Uh, you know, I wonder who <laughs> Hunter's been getting lessons. But, um, uh, you know, he has been technically, I guess. I mean, you know, he didn't lie, lie, but... You know, he was an adjunct professor for a bit and would be getting paid to conduct classes every now and then. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I guess it's just, it's the truth, but it's just not like, like, yeah, I'm a professor. So another thing that I wanted to circle back to is, you know, you're seeing a lot of people now talking about Pelosi's eyebrows. How many times throughout the years have I been saying, damn, looks like those eyebrows are being pulled back further and further into her scalp. How many times have I said that? How many times have I been saying this for so many years? Hey, her eyebrows have moved again, right? Well, 
uh, I there was this really funny video by Tucker that I wanted to share. And then I found this other video that I sent to a friend of mine on TikTok. And I was like, look, take that person's TikTok video that was supposed to be different. And I want you to superimpose these other faces on it. It came out perfectly. First, let's get a reminder of what Tucker had said. So yesterday was Sunday. You may have found yourself on the couch idly flipping around the TV dial. And if you flipped far enough, you could have had the shock of your life. Michael Jackson was on Face the Nation. Now, to be clear, this wasn't video of Michael Jackson performing his hit songs in the 1990s. This appeared to be a living version of the international pop star that news reports claim died of a drug OD more than a dozen years ago. And yet, despite those claims, there he was, fully, undeniably Michael Jackson, talking on television. How can that be? Honestly, we have no idea. We're not theologians here. This is merely a news program. We can only show you what we saw. Here it is. There's nothing more important for us to do than protect our Constitution and our democracy. What the Republicans are doing across the country is really a, a legislative continu continuation of what they did on January 6th, which is to undermine our democracy. See, Michael Jackson, that was him. No Billy Jean, apparently he's given up singing, now he's telling lies about politics. Same man. If you've ever seen Michael Jackson, you cannot forget the face. Though, admittedly, he's had a lot of work done since we saw him last. So, now let's move to that nice TikTok video I found with um, James Brown talking to Michael Jackson. Let's give another standing ovation for a young man sitting behind you that you have no idea who's an audience. Michael Jackson! Move Michael Jackson! So what you saw there was Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi having fun. <laughs> I mean, she reminds me of James Brown, like nobody's business. Like if I had the time, every single time Maxine Waters would come out, I would totally fucking superimpose her face on there. She looks like James Brown. She talks like James Brown. She is James Brown. Okay. And then we have Pelosi that every single Pelosi thing we should have, we should superimpose her with, you know, the glove and shit like that. Uh, but you know, it's funny how everyone's now talking about our eyebrows. It's so weird. We've been talking about it for years, right? We've been talking about her eyebrows for years. Hey, whoa, did they just migrate? Damn soon. They'll be part of her hairline, right? How many times have we said this? Now everyone's looking at that. You know, Face Off, great show. You should watch it. I don't know where they have the old ones, but it's pretty interesting. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I see her, I'm like, wait, who's that singer? And then someone reminded me of that singer. Because I don't know if I, I shared it on Telegram, this viral um, TikTok from Russia, where it would say, ah, I feel good. Duh, the, the scream. And they just put the scream on really loud when someone's about to cook or do something. So anyway, I thought it would be, <laughs> it would be fun to go through there. Now, before we end today's show, I wanted to talk to you guys a little about, about cybernetics. Now, a lot of people have said, you know, oh, you put all these patents out. I've talked about them before, not put them out because, um, <sighs> Everything you need, you already have. You already know what they're going to do. You know how they're going to do it. You're just, you're really kidding yourself by sitting under a rock and saying that's impossible. 
um, you hear all the time, A1, biochips, 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 biochips. Nobody really asks what that means. Bionic this chip, bionic that. Well, I thought I would introduce you to something. So you see that, you know, fiction isn't really that strange. Um, years and years ago, this is like decades ago, uh, there were robots that they had created that can actually learn and is technically um, what someone would say is a cyborg. It has sensors that collects data, but you know what it, it's powered by? It has a whole brain inside of it. It's kind of like the, the Daleks. I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me see if I can pull a clip of a Dalek so I can show you what that is. Um, super searching. Um, okay, here we go. So in Doctor Who, uh, the arch enemy of the time traveling Lord is like this machine that used to be human, but now had evolved into, um, a Dalek. And this Dalek is merely a computer that has a uh, a brain inside of it. And let me see. Um, this is the... Here we go. The solutions is ready. Then our preparations are complete. What are you doing? Preparations for what? This is the final experiment. What do you mean? Is greater by far. This action contradicts the Dalek imperative. Daleks are supreme. Cult of Scarrow. We must sacrifice myself for the greater cause, for the future of. Damn! What do you mean? Get off me! No! Get off me! The Daleks are controlled uh, inside with these little, you know, um, brains inside. Uh, this is an actual realistic thing that has happened. They have cyborgs where they have rat brains um, controlling computers and, you know, learning from it. They actually have rat brains inside. So uh, basically, this brain, which is in a jar, sends commands to the wheels, um, to how to move around, um, and it's just entirely living tissue. And, you know, that's basically what um, a cyborg is. So the brain has no idea it's in a mechanical body, and it's like just moving around. Now, the brain doesn't last long, um, and every single time they put a new brain, it responds differently. Uh, this is reality for now. Uh, but, you know, they do see that there's a few glitches. Now, again, this is from many, many, many years ago. I'd like to introduce you to that research now. Brace yourself. We have an aging society, particularly in the Western world. And so problems such as Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, even strokes are going to be much more prevalent and much more of a problem for people. What we're doing here with this research is trying to understand some of the basic characteristics within a brain. What we've created is a robot with a biological brain. 
This is a brain where the neurons are cultured, are grown under laboratory conditions, so that the only control of a physical robot is this biological brain that we have grown. When we understand what's happening in the brain, this has tremendous potential within the medical world. Now this is really exciting because we can put the robot into different situations and see how the memories that the robot have actually appear in the brain. We can see the neurons firing and making connections between each other. What we've done that is particularly unique is to just have the biological brain controlling the robot. The only brain that's there is a biological brain. And we can then take that and start to teach it, get it to learn. What's amazing is with the robot going through particular procedures, coming to the wall, avoiding an object, and doing that repetitively, it's actually learning in that way. The neuron links are strengthening just from the habit that the robot has of doing something repetitively. They just need your brains connected to computers to do things repetitively and serve them. I mean, sounds like fiction. No, it's been happening for decades. This is you know, 40 years ago. So if 40 years ago they can put a rat brain and connect it to a robot to move around, and now we're at the point where we have dolls 10 years ago that look very human, and then we're at the point where we can do a lot of things you would think is impossible, then maybe the baths, bath, 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 bird bath, bird bath, 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 bird bath. It's creepy, but it's 100% true. God bless. See you tomorrow.